Welcome to another interview of a podcast with Goat. This interview is super special for the podcast. We have our first repeat guest. Um, it came with perfect timing. Um, we have back on Sam Renshaw, marine biologist, conservationist, and shark lover. Sam, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm living the dream over here. Um, I'm very fired up about this because Shark Week actually ends today. Mm-hmm. So this is coming out a little later than I thought, um, but that's okay. Once once I put two and two together, that Shark Week was so close, I knew that um, I had to have you back on. Um, I knew, first off, everyone loved your original interview. It was one of the one of the interviews or episodes I got the most DMs about, by far. Aww, that's Pe- awesome. People absolutely loved it. They loved your content. Um, so hopefully we can give them a little bit more. We can spread some more awareness about sharks and yeah, kind of go from there. Sounds good to me. Okay. So let's jump right into it. Um, everyone loved your heck yeah account. <laughs> there was like five, I think I, when I re-listened to the episode this morning before we did this, try to stay, um, trying to make sure one, I don't ask you the same questions and two, if there was any follow-ups from the last one. Um, but I think there was like four heck yeahs. So <laughs> we need to start this episode off with a heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Perfect. Thank you. It's so funny. Cause I don't think that I actually say it that much in real life, but when I listened to it back, I it was, it's just one of those things that it just stood <laughs> like, out. Where did that come from? Yeah. It just stood out. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I absolutely <laughs> loved everybody. Well, we'll have to keep tabs. Yes. We'll we're on so far. Don't drink. <laughs> don't, don't drink for every heck yeah. <laughs> Might get messy. Uh, um, okay. Shark Week. It just finished. Yeah. What's your thoughts? I always love Shark Week. Like ever since I was a kid, it was just a week that I got to binge like sharks on my TV. So it was awesome. And I still, it still kind of has that sort of feel for me. So I, even though some of the content on it isn't always like, super scientific or kind of fear mongers a little bit. I still, it has like a special place in my heart. So I'm always excited about it. Um, I was fortunate enough. Some Like I find it's something I always sit down for at the beginning of the week. But then like life takes over and sometimes I miss it. I did get to see some of the stuff on Shark Week this week. So I'm really fired up about it too. And I was more excited knowing the fact that we were doing this interview. Um, you talked a bit about... Um, maybe some disappointments in Shark Week. What were they this year? What were you disappointed about? Um, I wouldn't. I I know what I'm gonna get when I w- sit down to watch Shark Week. So it's a lot of like shark infested waters, and then I'm just kind of shaking my head, like, "You're they live there? Like that's like you going into someone's home and thinking like, oh, this apartment has a lot of people in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna happen, right? Um. This year, I thought they did a pretty good job that they actually highlighted a lot of um, scientists. So that was like a bright spot, I guess. Um, and then they, they like it's for entertainment, right? They have to make their money. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. There was a okay. few moments when I was watching some of the show shows where like the shark would be like swimming near a person and you'd get that dramatic cut to a commercial. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think that's something that they could probably do without, but like, you're right. It is about clicks and views. Yeah. Right. Like they, they want people to, you know, wonder what actually happened. Um, 
but in the end it's a tv show like they're not going to show anything that's <laughs> that's too yeah rough. and sometimes it seems like some of the shark images are like cgi and i noticed that from last year too so i kind of had my eye on it i didn't notice it as much this year but like so even think, some comments on Discovery twitter channel is like hiding some stuff and adding some sharks in huh well i th think sometimes they're just like you don't like it's it's like science, right? You go out, you don't always get what you need. So I think to be able to produce a show, sometimes they have to add some stuff. Discovery Channel don't like come at me for this or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just like at some point they have to take their creative liberties, right? So yeah, that's and that's got to be tough. Like I'm sure they there's some sort of internal struggle there too, where obviously they want to be as real and as raw as possible but at some point like you know they do have to add their their little um creative cuts to make people excited yeah for sure um so you like that they featured scientists and more scientists and it you seemed to you thought it was more focused on that is this something we could see you doing in the future am i going to be able to turn on the discovery channel and see sam renshaw I would love to. I have a bet from a um, with a friend that did marine biology in undergrad with me, and him and I have bet to see who is going to get on the Shark Week first. Um, so I, I'm that's a goal, I guess. But so, maybe. So, like, how would you even go about that? Like, do you so just getting have to, on Shark do you Week? Just have to like get lucky and hope Discovery Channel picks like a scientist you are working with, or about, or you, or. So this is actually really funny. Um, I was a couple weeks ago out in Halifax and there was like this conference going on and my friend came up and was like, Hey, like, did you see that at this conference, this guy's speaking, I follow him on Instagram. He's like a shark person on shark week. His name's Paul DeGelder, which is the guy on shark week that is missing his arm and leg. Oh, right. Um, and she was like, he's in Halifax. Like we should try and meet up with him. So long story short, we like messaged him on Instagram and said, let's go get a drink. And so we met him in a bar in Halifax because he was here for like two days. And then it was sick. We just got to chat like sharks and um, and like Shark Week and stuff. And he was like, we'll keep in touch. And he's like Australian. And so it was really cool. Was Who knew sliding into the DMs worked? It really does. Um, <laughs> so... So yeah, so it was funny because I met him a couple weeks ago and then like he's on Shark Week. So Whoa, um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's a connection that we'll uh, explore. I hope so. And I hope you get to go on Shark Week. So that way when I'm sitting there watching the TV, I can have that moment of like, oh my God, I know that person. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. That's super cool. <laughs> um, sticking with TV and sharks, um, something I didn't get into last interview that I think would be really interesting now is the Jaws effect. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to add a little bit of emphasis on that to make it seem super important. Um, the Jaws effect. Do you think a movie like Jaws hurt the v people's views of sharks? So this is a really interesting topic to bring up with like anyone that is in shark science or just like has a a feeling about sharks because like really there wasn't to my knowledge I mean Jaws came out before my time so I grew up always knowing that it was there but like I don't I can't think of another example that brings 
like the the dangers of sharks, I guess, to someone's TV screen until Jaws. So it was kind of like an eye-opening thing, I think, for people to say like, oh shit, there's like sharks that are going to try and attack me in the water and like sort of brings this fear right into people's homes, which has been not so nice because it paints a picture of them being monsters and them just being out to like kill people and stuff. So that's one perspective that it definitely brought like a lot of fear to the shark world and to people about the oceans and stuff like that. But there's also another view that a lot of people were inspired by Jaws as well. Um, like a lot of marine biologists, same thing with Sharks, Shark Week. It just depends on your predisposition. Sorry. If um, you're interested in sharks, it'll be like an educational thing and you'll be excited about it. If you're like naturally more fearful about it, then you might kind of turn towards that side. But so I've heard people say, I grew up watching shark or Jaws and like it made me want to go in the ocean and see sharks. And then also it turns the other way. So I think it just depends on who you talk to. But certainly the media took the Jaws effect and runs with it all the time, right? Because front page news sells better when it says shark attack on surfer, not surfer accidentally bitten by shark. Do you know what I mean? So I think that is the part of it that's been pretty fearful for people is like seeing these things in the media that have just been really blown out of proportion because the people writing it know that it sells better when it has like that hook at the beginning. So. Yeah, it's, I, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, it would probably inspire some people, but I'm sure it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth about the animal. Yeah, it definitely did. And it's just upsetting because one incident or one movie like Jaws changed things forever. Like you're still kind of fighting against that mentality that Jaws cover for the movie is so iconic. And it like that picture speaks a thousand words that that shark is going to try and just destroy this person swimming, um, which is not the case at all. Most attacks are, are test bites if there is an attack that's unprovoked, but a lot of them are provoked in the sense that like someone was messing around with a shark snorkeling or something or like a lot of attacks happen on spear fishermen as well which is not provoked necessarily but you're literally like carrying around a skewer full of dead fish like of course the shark is gonna think that that's food yeah i watched a netflix show about that yeah and and like hello like you're in the, the, the your apartment analogy was fantastic you're in someone else's apartment taking their food out of their fridge yeah, and like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'd be pissed off. And guess what? If I came and took my food back, like, I don't get how, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, people, it, it's sad that they have such a big rep. Um, they're kind of just m- like marketed poorly. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? They've just gotten a bad rap over there. Yeah, years. and like, it's the other thing too. Like, we don't go out into the wilderness and are like oh, like that bear is really out of line by attacking somebody or like, do you know what I mean? Whereas we kind of give that notion to sharks and like you wouldn't go and wander out in the middle of the savanna and then get attacked by a lion and be surprised. It depends on how big the lion is. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But like we do that for sharks and we think that we have this like entitlement over our ocean space because it's nice to go to the beach. Like it just doesn't make, we just doesn't make sense. Um, 
and there's also like this connotation just to the word sharks, but there are hundreds of species that you will never a see in your life probably. And B would never touch you at all. So like putting that, that sort of label on all sharks really just like demonizes the whole species, which is not nice. I agree with you. I want to talk about species of sharks recently. Yeah. I think I'm, if I were a shark, I'd be a bull shark. And why do you think that? Because I think they get they're Okay. So first off, they're a little aggressive. They're mm-hmm. pro- right. Yeah. They have a shorter snout and, mm-hmm. and that's how you know, to, you know, that they're, a bull shark, correct? Am I, I don't want to make sure, I don't want to sound silly. Is, is yeah, that... yeah. Among other things, like that would be probably your, your tip off. But I would think, like they're a little aggressive, but they just seem a little curious. Yeah. Right? That's all it is. I'm just curious as to what's going on. Sometimes I can be a little aggressive, but I mean, I, I think bull sharks, to me, they're the cutest. <laughs> they're pretty awesome. Aren't they? Yeah. I've been in the water with them and they're really spectacular animals. Okay. Let's, let's, okay, that's good. Let's keep this there. Being in the water with sharks, I got a lot of questions. Okay. Last time you mentioned free diving. Mm-hmm. We mentioned, okay, so with Shark Week, I didn't realize how common free diving with shark was. Yeah. I thought it was, sorry, my phone's being crazy here. No um, I thought it was something like maybe the odd crazy person did. I didn't realize how like legit common it is to just get out and swim with them. Yeah. It seems though that you kind of have to be rough with them. Like, so when I was watching shark week, these people who were free diving, the sharks were bugging them. Like, well, okay. The, they were in the shark's house, so I don't want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But the sharks were coming up to them and nudging them and like just seeing what's up, I think. Yeah. So like they had to like kind of grab this, the shark by the snow and like push it away so, like, is it, like, a dominance thing? Yeah, so I'll give you an example. We were, uh, when I was in the Bahamas, we would go, like, for shark dives, quote-unquote. Um, okay. But they're not, they're free dives. They're not, like, scuba dives. Um, because when you're in that kind of environment and you're bringing the sharks up to the surface with, like, food because you need them to come around, like, they'll just stay kind of at the surface. So you don't need to really scuba unless you want to be like right in the like face to face eye level with them. So free diving is just like an easy way to get in the water. Um, So when I was in the Bahamas, we'd go on these shark dives and how it works. And I've been on other shark dives in Florida and it works the same way. So they have a line basically that goes from the boat like out and it's like a rope. Um, And then it attaches to a, a buoy like further down in the water. And then they kind of throw some fish in the water and bring the sharks in. And then you get in and you just sort of like, snorkel basically or you can dive down if you want to um and check them out but because you have like the food up at the surface that's what's bringing the sharks in they're pretty psyched like they're pretty jazzed and get like so they're just excited sweet there's food in the water yeah they're just getting like it's just a buffet for them really um and so sometimes they come in close like they can feel your energy they can feel the fish hitting the water they can like smell the fish that's been in the water already so if they come close to you like sharks have um like electromagnetic sensing and they also have really like these pores kind of on their on their snout that they use to detect like pressure changes in the water and the electrical field in the water so like they're pretty sensitive to to contact um 
not that they can't take it, but when you give them like that kind of punch, um, or like you nudge them or you're just like, like you're, like you said, establishing dominance, they kind of leave you alone. Um, so when I was diving, our like leader or our instructor would say like, kick, like kick them with your fins. Um, and in the sense, you're not trying to make contact, but you're just kind of trying to like wave them off. So they know that your energy is saying back off. Um, and in the same way, like when a shark gets close I, on shark week, you see them like grab their snouts a lot and kind yeah. of push them away or like grab right under their nose. Um, and that's just because they have a lot of like sensory organism or like organs right there up at the front. So, um, in the same way that you're supposed to like, if you're getting attacked, kind of punch their gills or their eyes or their snout. Oh, I thought you were um, supposed to go for the nose. That too. Yeah. But if you can get them in the gills, it's, it's, uh. It's good as well. It's good. Um, <laughs> but like you said, like most shark attacks aren't about that. It, they're just checking out what you are. Nine times out of ten, it's people with a surfboard who kind of look like a seal. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. Um, for, I'm – the more I see this whole free diving with sharks thing, the more last interview I said that there was no way, but the more I think I'd kind of do it. Yeah. Um, but if I were to like, is there a place where you can do it in Canada? I guess is my question. Um, not because really. we know now that there are sharks here. Yes. There are sharks. Here um, as much as I wish that there was, there isn't really because a, we don't have like water that's marketable for like snorkeling because it's pretty it's greenish gray it's dark um and this they like we don't have as many species or like as frequent of the numbers of sharks that there are like say in florida or the bahamas um and so there isn't really a market for it up here Plus the water is pretty cold. So it's mostly <laughs> down in the States that you can go and do it. Or like I said, in the Bahamas or somewhere like tropical, um, you can go out on like shark watching tours here, uh, which is basically just like a shark fishing charter that takes you out and doesn't fish. They just take you out and you can hop in the water if you want to. Um, but I can't, I can't speak for the West coast as much, but I don't, there's not really anything to do here. If you want to go, you should go to Florida. Okay. All right. Um, with Shark Week, there's there's quite a few stories that come out about sharks. Um, mm -hmm. And a few have been super interesting to me. And one of them I saw on Facebook and then was um, I saw it again on this incredible Instagram page called Shark Knowledge. <laughs> um, and if you don't follow Shark Knowledge, you can follow it now on instagram and it's shark knowledge and but the k between shark and knowledge is shared yes um sam may or may not have something to do with that page yeah i might know a little bit about you it you might know a little bit about <laughs> it but it's got it's gained some traction you got yeah you're, get, you're getting your followers up you're getting your likes and your clicks slowly but surely it's coming yeah um i want to talk about this old shark this greenland shark Mm-hmm. Is it really like 500 years old? Yeah, it's the oldest living um, vertebrate. So how do so, we know, how do we know about that? how do we know? So you can 
age sharks kind of like you can age trees so you can take their like um their there's a piece of their inner ear for fish that they can like kind of section off and you can look at their vertebrae as well and see like how old they are based on like their growth um in these like they're not bones because sharks don't have bones but um like cartilaginous skeleton um and yeah so they've found sharks greenland sharks that are over 400 years old and because there's a little bit of discrepancy um like of the methods that they use they think that it's actually an underestimate of how old they are so they think that they can be like 500 years old and these sharks don't reach sexual maturity until they're about 150 years old come on yeah so they're like a young pup shark until they're 150 Pretty much, yeah. They, they grow and get pretty big until they're 150, um, and then they don't grow as much after that. Um, but, but yeah, 150 years until they can reproduce, which is crazy. That's insane. They grow up to seven meters in total length, so 21 feet. Yeah. That Huge. is crazy. That's like five of me. That and they live four of me. But in, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. And they, yeah, they live uh, under the ice in the Arctic, basically. Okay. So they live. Yeah. So would they have like different skin to keep them like warmer? Like, how does that work? So sharks' bodies are made to uh, like adapt basically to their temperature. Um, so they kind of stay. Their body temperature would be a little bit warmer than the seawater, but it would be very low. So they have very low energy rates, very low metabolic rates. Like they move really slow. Actually, they've shown that they can move faster than we first thought, but still pretty sluggish. Like how slow um, are we talking? Like four kilometers an hour. <laughs> so I could maybe outswim it. Yeah, probably, but not in their environment. I got you. It'd you be would, so cold. Yeah, it'd I be really you. cold. Yeah, you. they live under the ice and they actually have found um, polar bears and seals like in their stomachs. Um, Come and, like, on. Yeah, and like moose and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So those, they're still like vicious predators. Oh, well, yeah. They, okay, yeah. Oh, hang on. I'm painting a negative picture of sharks there. <laughs> but like they're still like a predator. They are still a predator. So a lot of times like what happens though is like that polar bear is either already dead or has been like fishing in the like swimming around trying to catch food. And then opportunistically it, the shark is able to to grab it they wouldn't necessarily be out hunting for polar bears it's right more it just it came across them. it's there but the they do um they do hunt which is something that like the, the scientists didn't know as much about before um yeah crazy. they're really crazy so the picture of this shark that is on the instagram page is was probably born around 1624 yeah yeah and they look like dinosaurs which is they do kind of you're absolutely right. They do look like dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, it's super crazy. I really would recommend this page. Um, something else that I want to talk about, and I think it definitely helped maybe Shark Week, was that crazy video you and I talked about of that massive great white in mm -hmm. New Jersey. Yeah. They're saying it could be a record-sized shark. And it was a you, big fish. You, and you did say it was a big shark. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, that just looked like a shark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the the it, the issue they're having is um, there's nothing to really measure it against. 
Do you know what I no. mean? Like there's nothing in the video where they can take to scale to figure out how big that shark was. Right. But um, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, and another thing, one of the episodes of Shark Week, I don't like know if you saw it, where they were out trying to find like the biggest great white or they were out trying I to find I saw a like, little bit of it, but I didn't yeah, see Yeah, like the it. kill zone and stuff, um, right. which is crazy. Uh, like those sharks are huge. Um, but like you can really kind of tell the size once you see the girth of the sharks, like just their like midsection can be massive um like the shark deep blue is what they call her she's like the biggest great white maybe until this one that they've found um and she's like something crazy yeah like and the like, girth is huge but right? it's the girth which is really surprising because it just shows you how absolutely massive these animals are in terms of like their power like length is one thing but like the head size and like the the belly on some of these sharks is crazy so you also can't really tell that from that video um so yeah it'll be interesting to see if they can find this shark uh for real and like photograph it or measure it or something um yeah it, that would be quite incredible so that that big shark that they have that that female big blue mm -hmm. yeah do we know how big she is do you know off the top of your head i was just trying to think i i want to say something like 21 feet oh um, so almost the size of the greenland shark yeah, but the thing is, like, the Greenland sharks, a lot of that length is in their tail as well, so they don't look as big. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas, yes. like, bright whites are, are, like, 21 feet of body, and then oh, and they have, like, okay, okay. their tail. I, I got you. Something like that. She might even be bigger, but, um, but yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so the incredible images have surfaced of a diver spotted with the world's largest great white shark. 20 foot behemoth deep blue yeah whoa she is huge yeah she kind of looks overweight <laughs> i i know right right she like, might they think that she might be like pregnant with pups oh okay yeah and she's tagged right like you can follow her um no uh not in the same way that you can follow like some of the sharks that have been popping up in nova scotia um, which is interesting. Like last week, a shark was in the Halifax Harbor, a great white shark. Pinged, really? Like, yeah. Like her fin broke the surface and she was tagged and was in the Harbor for Did like a couple hours. It was so funny. I got like, I woke up to about six messages like, Oh my God, look, look who's here. So, um, O search is like a company or, um, like an organization that goes out to tag great whites, uh, more, specifically with satellite tags and so those are the ones that when the shark spin breaks the surface it sends the signals and so there have been a bunch that are tagged um here and like off in cape cod and stuff like that and they've been around uh nova scotia for like a couple weeks and they all have names and you can go online and look at them which is pretty cool but i don't think deep blue definitely hasn't been tagged by osearch uh and i don't think she's been tagged with anything actually that kind of well i i hope maybe they can one day i think right? that would just, be awesome just so you can like track her migration and mm -hmm. see everything about her um how long i don't think we touched on this how long do sharks live in the wild depends on the species um and some sharks they don't know so like some smaller species only live to be about 30 years old um and then obviously at the other end of the spectrum we have like the the, the greenland, greenland shark. shark which is 
super old, but then the rest of them kind of fall somewhere in the middle. So uh, like great whites would live to be like 80 or so. Oh, really? in there. Yeah. Like pretty old, but like not Greenland shark old. How, here's a, here's a, just a question. Um, Sam, how do you feel about aquariums? It's a great question. I, I like aquariums actually. I don't have anything like against them, but for a couple of reasons, I like aquariums because I think they're beneficial, uh, in the sense that like, if you're a kid and you grow up in the city or even like anywhere, not near the ocean, there's no way that you would ever see these kinds of animals unless you went out and like made it a goal to go see them. Whereas you can take a school group to the aquarium and be like, look, look at all these fish. Look at like use it as a teaching tool. Look at these, these sharks in here and look at these, like the corals and stuff. And then maybe you inspire like one marine biologist or one conservationist or someone that's going to do something to help save these animals or even just make these kids aware that these things are important. Right. Mm -hmm. Or adults. I mean, it works the same way for adults too. Um, That being said, I don't think that keeping really massive animals that need to migrate or are supposed to migrate in the wild in aquariums is ethical because then you're just like fucking with them basically. Like we don't need, we don't need to have them put on shows for us and we don't need to have dolphins in captivity jumping through hoops and stuff. But like if you have a coral and you have a fish that would live its entire life on on that coral reef, what's the difference between having it in like a lagoon in Florida and then in an aquarium where you're giving it the same things that it would have in the wild. Yep. Uh, um, yeah. Or like when you, or when they like bring in animals that need to be rehabilitated, like maybe you have a stingray that like, I don't know, has a chunk taken out of its fin and then it probably would survive or like those kinds of things. Um, then you can keep those animals also in aquariums or do research and help like conservation in the wild. So I think that there is a place for them, um, within reason. So, but I also feel like there's a massive difference between something like Ripley's aquarium and like SeaWorld or Marineland. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, like at the Ripley's aquarium, you're there for the awe. You're there to Uh take in them in their habitat where I feel like SeaWorld Marineland, they're trying to make them come into your habitat and area do you know what i mean like by getting exactly. them to jump and to splash you um and all that sort of stuff yeah um i'm also trying to convince jess to let me buy a shark because i know <laughs> you can get those little ones and you can get a pretty decent sized tank and they can swim around and they're happy yeah oh no uh, is it not a good idea it depends on like obviously there's those like freshwater sharks that you can get that are pretty much just regular fish but they call them sharks um but it's funny because here at dal the other day there's like um there's a big marine science center it's called the aquatron like right at dalhousie university and there's one bamboo shark swimming around in this massive tank everyone's like what what's the shark doing in here and it's funny because a student bought two egg cases for these little baby bamboo sharks a male and a female and they grew up and you know, he could keep him in his tank and then they started to really grow up and he was like, oh shit, I'm out of my depth here. And so one of them died and the other one, he just said, basically, I can't take care of this animal. Can you take it to the school? And they were like, well, we're not going to say no. So I think the problem is that like 
sometimes people think they can keep these little baby sharks and then they <laughs> grow up because you're feeding them a lot of food and they'll just keep growing. Okay, so I um, need to get like the super them, small so. fish that people just call sharks. So I think like just do some research because not like the sharks that you could buy illegally also because they're exotic animals like do end up getting pretty big and then no, where no, you, no, no, what no, are you no. going to do with it i want to go to like a pet value and yeah like something yeah no no oh yeah get one of those yeah one of those cute little guys yeah okay cool i just wanted to make sure that that wasn't upsetting anything <laughs> <laughs> you're okay okay sweet um hey we talked about that jess and i are coming to nova scotia and we're hoping to see you um, could we come get a quick tour of Dalhousie? Yeah. Can we go see that little bamboo shark? If it's still around, I think they were talking about sending it to an aquarium, but otherwise, yeah, for sure. Okay, sweet. I'd like to maybe see your environment. Yeah, I'd love to show you. Rad. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about um, maybe some bycatch. Okay. We touched on it a little bit last time. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything we can do to stop bycatch or maybe overfishing in general? Because we are. And I saw some crazy statistic that it, like one out of how like one person out of how many will get maybe bitten by a shark, but it's like 25 every 25 people kills a shark or something crazy like that do you yeah. know the stat i'm talking about i know what you're talking about it like popped up i think in between episodes or yes. in between commercials on shark week yeah i don't remember exactly what they wrote but i'm it's true obviously like we the amount of shark attacks has decreased um over the years and we've only kept increasing the amount of fish that we catch um we catch so much bycatch and blue sharks, which are um, a species that we have here in Canadian waters, are caught more than any other species because they, not just in Canada, but they range kind of all over the globe in a bunch of different uh, climates and temperatures and stuff. So they're pretty popular in the fish trade um, just because they're caught all the time. Um, and... Yeah, you ask really great questions that I don't have answers to because it's really complicated. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's it's something that like so many people are trying to work on. Like, how do you manage overfishing when these people are just trying to make a living? Um, yeah. And there's a fine line. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think hopefully, maybe one day with the amount of research we hopefully have and are getting and you're doing. Um, and I just hope that there's a common ground between fishermen and scientists is, is my hope. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. they start to have a conservation outlook. Like, hey, dude, maybe you let a few go every once in a while because they'll be able to repopulate and you can fish more later. Yeah. Right? So that's, yeah, that's like the goal. Um, a lot of the problem is technique rather than like intention, because if you're a fisherman and you're going out and you're trying to catch, um, like, I don't know, redfish or something, you don't want sharks. You want the fish that you're catching because it's going to make your money. Um, but the technique, tuna, tuna is huge. Tuna is huge. That's a, a monster on its own because yeah. tuna and swordfish are big ones because the way that you catch them, uh, which is on long lines basically just like baited hooks that sit out in the water, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hooks out in the water for hours, because once you catch them, like they're dead, hopefully. Um, 
but you're baiting for big fish that also sharks would want to eat either the fish or you're baiting these hooks with other fish that are like meant for sharks as well. So you might pull up three tuna and three sharks, or you might pull up six sharks or whatever. Right. And a lot of the times, because you let them sit, the long line sit in the water, those animals are already dead. Um, Whereas a better method for catching, let's say swordfish is like spearing or like harpoons, literally like old school harpoons where you go out and you follow the fish and then you just spear one of them. And then that's it. It's zero bycatch because you know exactly what you're hitting. Um, It takes longer and it's more intensive, which means that the price of the swordfish would go up, um, but it's more sustainable and it's more uh, ethical is not the right word, but no, I, you know, I, I know what, what I mean. Saying. Yes. Yeah. It's the, the lesser of two, two evils. Yeah. And also like another example is gill net fishing. So it's basically those giant nets that just float around in the water and they catch anything that swims into them. So those are really harmful. Whereas instead of gill nets, uh, which is basically kills the fish the way that you would think, like they swim through it or like through the holes and then they, their gills get stuck. And they suffocate and drown, basically. That sounds horrible. Whereas you can go out and use, like, a seine net, which is essentially just a big butterfly net that you go out and, like, scoop up all the fish right away. So. Oh, okay. So you just, like, throw it up and pull it back. Yeah. So there's – that's a solution for overfishing as well as just, like, being mindful of the techniques that you're using. So when you go – there's apps, actually, that you can download or go online or get pamphlets that have um, – lists of fish and the species that you should should not and never eat Um, so i think ocean wise has one um which is i think a canadian company a run out of a lab in bc for sustainable seafood and it's um you can go on and look at like they have it all color coded and you can see like for example swordfish maybe caught in the u.s is sustainable but swordfish caught in uh, i don't know let's say spain is not sustainable because based solely on the techniques that they use to fish. So, so there's a bunch of different ones that float around and it can be specific to country. So Canada might have one, the States might have one, um, that are better, like detailed for those places, uh, which is one big thing that everyone can, can do. It's easy, easy to use. I saw a really cool video on, I think it was CBC and they think it was the first time they'd ever caught a shark on video doing it. But it was a shark going up to like a floating piece of driftwood mm-hmm. and kind of scratching himself or herself against it to get some of these parasites. Did you see that video? Yeah, I saw that. So that was a Canadian researcher on the West Coast. And the sh- it was a salmon shark, um, which is really cool. They like don't often even see these species and especially not doing this behavior. Um, but yeah, that's why they also think sometimes like other animals like whales breach for no reason is just to like rid themselves of parasites and all the Whoa, nasty stuff. So that video really helped maybe further prove people's ideas and points. Yeah. And they've, they've seen sharks kind of doing this in the um, like Bahamas where the water's more shallow, like sharks swimming along the bottom, like upside down. And they're like, what? are these things doing because when you like when sharks get inverted and you put them into what's called tonic immobility it's like they like go to sleep right it's like a sedation thing um so they're like why are these sharks doing this and like it's kind of strange they're not supposed to swim upside down but they think it's like really quickly just to kind of get rid of parasites and so yeah so it's really that video is really cool 
Do most do all sharks have parasites or most? A lot of most things in the ocean have parasites, actually. Um, so I would say most sharks have some sort of hitchhiker That's gotta attached be annoying. to them. Yeah, and <laughs> and you can see them in some videos of uh, Greenland sharks being so old, their entire eyeballs are covered with parasites because they've been living for like hundreds of years and they just like don't have a way to get rid of them. So that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the, the blood and urine test that I saw on shark week. And then okay. I think we can wrap it up unless you have anything you want to talk about. No, that sounds good. Okay. So this blood and urine test was basically, um, well, there was two tests they did trying to see, um, you know, what, what, what is it about, shark attacks and what really like gets the shark fired up so they wanted to do a test where they can a controlled test where they put it, everything on a surfboard to make it look like a seal mm -hmm. they then released um blood urine and seawater i think right yeah i i caught a bit of that okay. um so, so i, I think I, can, I think i can explain it pretty yeah. well I know um, what you're talking about. But they released, so they did one on the seawater to be like a control, right? Mm -hmm. Just so that the sh they could find out if the sharks came because it looked like a seal mm -hmm. or what the deal was. So at first they used cow's blood and the surfboard with cow's blood got 13 shark visitors. The urine got one and because they were trying to disprove the myth that uh, you pee in your wetsuit when you see a shark or something <laughs> that it'll it'll like help a, like draw sharks so they basically proved that that wouldn't happen that they're not attracted to urine but that more so attracted to blood um and nothing went even near the surfboard with uh the seawater so then the next thing they wanted to prove i think was the whole like splashing and looking like a dead fish mm -hmm. so they put a lady on a board and she was to paddle inward and they wanted to see if it was my buddy, the bull shark yep. would go up near her and what the deal was. And he ended up going near her. So the thing I took away from it, one, when is there ever going to be cow's blood in the, in the ocean? <laughs> right? Like, I feel like, uh, yeah. like wh how, what kind of BS is that discovery channel Two, yeah. they did it with human blood right after and they got no results. Mm -hmm. So they did kind of make the shark to see to seem out like a monster, but it's like offering a shark a, like a steak. Yeah. Right. I know. It's and like they don't want human blood; they want fish blood. Right. Like that's it's crazy, and yeah, it's yeah. Um, I yeah. The the thing. Sorry. So about the whole thing, what caught caught me off guard was there was like a shark whistle. Mm -hmm. So the shark got within, uh, honestly, way too close for comfort. I'm sure the shark mm -hmm. wouldn't have done anything. It might have just went up and bumped the board realistically right. just to see what was going on. But it got within like four, five to four feet of her. So she pulled this shark whistle. Is that like a dog whistle for sharks? Yeah, essentially it's just like something that sends out uh, a signal, like a, an electrical signal. Uh, like I said, sharks can detect that kind of stuff. So it essentially is just sensory overload for them and it kind of spooks them. Okay. 
so it's not like it's like harmful in any way. It just kind of gives no. you the heebie-jeebies and said, "Let's yeah. get out of here." Yeah, it's kind of like a fire alarm. It's just like, "Whoa, what's going on? Something else is happening!" Like, and kind of scares them away. It's the same, effectively, the same thing that would happen if you just had like kind of nudged it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I want an update. Has your favorite type of shark changed? Um. I don't remember what I said last time. Did I say it was a basking shark? Do you, you remember? You did. You did say it's it was a basking shark. It's the same. Yeah, it because still I, is. I still haven't seen one. So until I see one, it will be that. Okay. I'm I'm through Shark Week, through the Shark Knowledge account, I'm sticking with the bull shark. Yeah, it's a good one. I bull sharks are super interesting. I also love them. And they can go in freshwater and live in freshwater as well. So Come on, they adapt. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So that's even a great more. choice. Yeah. All right. That's why that's also why they're kind of at the top of the list for being like quote unquote most dangerous. Um, because a, a, some attacks also happen like up rivers in Texas and Mississippi. Um, and in Africa because they hunt in like really muddy waters when they're in uh, river systems cuz naturally they're just not as clear as ocean water. So so that's also pretty interesting. Awesome. I'm going to research bull sharks. And when I come see you in the end of September, we're going to have a great conversation about sharks. Good. Not to mention, I think Jess is super stoked to see you too. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a blast. Sam, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. Um, it, it's been incredible. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so excited. When you messaged me and asked, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. We're doing awesome. this again. Awesome. Um, you, sorry, one last thing. You were really hopeful that maybe you'd get out in June and that got pushed back, you told me. But you are going out August 12th. So next yes, Monday. Yes, August 12th, barring any weather complications. Right. Yes. Um, hopefully we can get you on one more time. I would love to hear about what happened on the water. Yeah. Maybe we can do it live when I'm in Nova Scotia. Okay, sounds good. We'll and, do it. Uh, I would love to hear about what happened, hopefully, because I know sometimes you can get out there and not see anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep my fingers and my toes crossed for you <laughs> that you get to see, um, a, hopefully, a basking shark, right? Yep. Um, and I don't know if bull sharks come up this far, but maybe you can see my buddy, the bull shark, and uh, we can have a pretty sweet conversation. Sounds good. Thank you so Looking much. Looking forward Sam. to it. We can't, we can't wait to have you on the discovery channel. So that way the podcast <laughs> gets a little more clout. And, uh, the heck yeah. Count stayed at one. Heck yeah. Two. Two. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye.